gentlemen, welcome to the BU Fitness Podcast. My name is Sean Proust. I'm a lead fitness faculty member at Bryan University. Today in episode 15, we will be talking about carbohydrates, protein, and post-workout nutrition. But before we get into that point, joining me as always is my co-host, Kyle Thompson. Kyle, hello. Hello, hello. Kyle, this is something, a topic I'm guessing you are excited about. Uh, yes. So I know we're going to try to keep this under three hours, but no promises. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, to you listening, please clear your schedule. Yeah. The date <laughs> you had later with your boyfriend, husband, wife, you might want to cancel it. We've cancel got, that. We've call him to, to work. Say. You've got sick time. Use it. Yeah. Seriously. Um, people don't use enough sick time. Tell your boss you don't care. Uh, and you're listening to this podcast. That's right. Take your sick time. I think I still have like 112 hours of sick time left I've never used. I don't think that was actually possible. No? To get at that. No, because I think we we got like grandfathered into like some kind of crazy thing. I think the most we could have had is like 60. No, I have I have way more. I, I don't know what the max is, but I have, I have 100 or more hours of sick time. Clearly. You're lying. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, what are we Let's talking about on. today? And All that's right. it. Thanks for coming. Yeah, that's uh, that wraps up this episode. All right. What? What? Why? My my friend, the uh, piece of beef from Kansas Farms is uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> from a Kansas farm is is Trademark. excited about is is this topic of post workout nutrition. And it's something that uh, I think both of us have spent a lot of time looking at in the past. Absolutely. This is something I became curious about a couple of years ago when I was a graduate student. I Me too. Uh, oh, what a <laughs> <Sorry>. surprise. <laughs> I actually did a graduate project, a research project, and a course I took, we were allowed to look at research on a certain topic. And one of the things I became interested on is exactly how much protein I was supposed to be eating. So I ended up looking at a bunch of studies, tried to figure out a number, what, how much protein is, the, is a person supposed to be eating. I wrote a paper on, on a bunch of studies that I looked at. It's something I have interest in because uh, going back a couple of years ago, I've just always been lean. I wanted to gain some muscle. And I, I eventually realized, wow, I'm eating, I'm eating roughly 60 grams of protein less than I should be eating per day. Made the change and I saw a change in my physique as a result of the huge increase in protein in- intake. I'm sure you're probably not surprised. Um, I am surprised that you stopped that change and you went back to your delicate <laughs> friend that you have now. I'm going for kind of a, a girlish figure. Is that <laughs> no? Um, I I uh, yeah. Well, mm. I'm I'm not the. It's okay. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Before jumping into this topic, I do want to. I did want to uh, talk about what our, people listening to this podcast. They may not know us, and even if they know us, they may not know. Our, our backgrounds in the areas of metabolism and nutrition. Kyle, I want to go to you. What's You have a master's in nutrition? Correct. So master's in nutrition from Northeastern, where in grad school, I also did a project on protein requirements for athletes, so that was fun. And then uh, I actually looked at, and this was before keto became more popular again, um, and we're not really going to talk about this today, but keto, uh, ketogenic diet and athletic performance which that can be an entirely different podcast, or I can just sum it up right now. It depends. Um, 
This is the worst answer ever. Uh, so yeah, so I, I got my master's in nutrition. I've been writing nutrition programs for all sorts of different types of athletes from MMA fighters to bodybuilders to powerlifters to just even like the average, you know, transformation type individual. So um, yeah, it's definitely an area that I spend a lot of time in, especially when I work with uh, athletes. Uh, for protein consumption, macronutrient consumption, calories, you know, how do we, how do we elicit a certain, how do we elicit a certain, um, you know, response or adaptation? Um, yeah. So rich area. Am I incorrect in saying that nutrition and metabolism are your wheelhouse? Um, no, you were not incorrect. This is your biggest area of passion within the fitness field. (laughs) Yes. Uh, so if, (laughs) I feel bad for my wife Um, because, you know, in my free time, what I like to do, I like to just read up on metabolism and just kind of get a a general understanding or okay, more than general understanding, a a deeper understanding of just how different areas of metabolism work or biochemistry is really what we're looking at. So lately I've been looking at the metabolism of the B vitamins like thiamine, uh, riboflavin, uh, niacinamide, all that wonderful stuff, uh, which is not very interesting to the average individual, but um, <clears throat> I don't know. I find it fun. Is it true that you have read met- met- metabolism textbooks for fun? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so for people who are listening and you know, people describe themselves as science nerds and nerds of whatever, this is something Kyle is really passionate about. This is something Kyle does for fun is study how the Krebs cycle works, you know, or look at the details of, of, of <laughs> is look at the details of the Krebs cycle and glycolysis and how we use nutrients, the Cori cycle, how we recycle the, the end products of different metabolic cycles. Now, metabolism, um, I realize this might seem like a, a, an obvious question. Metabolism, Kyle, it, for people, you know, people usually think of metabolism, they think of weight. It's like, oh, my metabolism is yes. fast, my metabolism is slow. But metabolism is something really different. Metabolism, what is Much metabolism? More. Why so, are we talking about it in terms of exercise? So when we talk about, like, metabolism, people usually think of fat metabolism, to put it simply. Yes. Um, but that's a really small piece of that pie. Metabolism, by definition, is a sum of some, sorry, some of all chemical processes in the body. So anytime you use, or any anytime you use energy ATP, uh, anytime you use, or you have any type of chemical reaction, that's technically metabolism. So that's um, it's it's much more vast than well, I have a fast metabolism, so I'm gonna be really yes. lean. Um, How does it yeah. relate to? carbs and fat and and energy usage okay so with that we're looking at the bioenergetic pathways or or the biochemistry and how we take that carbohydrate or glucose molecule and turn it into atp and then all the different byproducts we get from that so that might be lactate production which we associate that with high intensity interval training or sprinting for a long period of time or um, fatty acid usage to even ketone production right that's a pretty hot topic um and you know well, I guess well, phosphor creatine, that's not really related to carbs or, or protein, but it's in there. Um, so really, it's, it's really how do we take the food that we eat and convert it into something that we can use? Because food essentially is just stored energy. Right? When you eat your hamburger, we're taking that hamburger and we're trying to convert it into something that we can actually use for 
well, maintaining homeostasis to running your five miles a day or whatever you do in your life. And the type of exercise we do dictates what foods we should be eating pre and post workout or if, if we, you know, food is important in, in how our performance goes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when we're strength training, uh, which I'm guessing is going to be the main time is, is basically the main topic of why we're talking about what we're doing today. When we strength train, what are we mainly using for energy for fuel? Well, it depends because strength training is kind of, it's a loaded topic. This but, is true. This uh, is true. Depending on the length of the set. The yeah, yeah. Effort. You're doing like a set of two or three, then you're probably looking at phosphor creatine, which isn't, you're not really relying on a substrate such as carbs or fats okay. or proteins. But if you're talking about strength training, like a, more in a high intensity aspect, maybe circuit training or CrossFit or something like mm-hmm. that, you're looking at carbohydrates. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we might just throw it in there. If you're looking at endurance, depending on your dietary practice and how, uh, how intense your workout is based on either heart rate or VO2 max, um, using those as a reference point, I, you would use either fats or carbohydrates primarily. Excellent. And so we keep that in mind as we, we go forward and, and in relation to what you might be want to, you might consume pre, uh, pre and post or, or one of the other, uh, at pre or post workout. Now I, uh, my background in nutrition, I took uh, nutrition courses in undergraduate. And then as a graduate student, I took advanced macronutrient my, uh, metabolism. So that's essentially macronutrient carbs, fats, protein, and alcohol how we break them down and how that um, is, is converted to energy for our various athletic activities. Today's topic, this is something we should credit a, a student both of us had. Uh, do you have current, uh, Kyle currently in any of your courses? No, but I think I just had him last term. Okay. Kyle Willard is in what we call our PTUC program, Personal Training Undergraduate Certificate Program. And it's a 10-month program, basically helps people uh, go from, they could have almost no background in fitness, and it gets them to understand the basics of, uh, of life as a trainer, from anatomy and physiology to putting together workout programs and, and to pass the ACSM Certified Personal Trainer exam. Kyle Willard is a student going through the program, someone we both had, and he sent me a question, I think it was basically about two months ago, via text. Oh, this was two months ago? Yeah. But Sorry, we, Kyle. No, no, no. I, I mean, I think he knew we weren't because we already had plans for our previous episode. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was maybe a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago. And Kyle that. asked this question. I thought it was a great question. And so, Kyle Willard, thank you for the topic suggestion and the question. We appreciate it. Well, by the time you actually hear this, it'll probably be like four months because <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be 2020. Um, so, here's, here's the the question slash uh, comment that Kyle sent to me. Uh, quote, are shakes a must certain amount of time after you lift? What is your body doing immediately after training? Stuff like that. That's what I want to know. I always drink a shake for no other reason than one day I was told to do that. <laughs> so I've done it for years. No idea if it helps or not. I have a feeling that... And and Kyle is is a he's he's learned quite a bit. I mean, I think he, even though he he was starting at this this um you know freshman uh, starting out as a freshman mm-hmm. in this program, a college freshman, he still was informed in the field. And I I think he he 
knows uh, knows quite a bit already. But I think a lot of people in the field are kind of following this practice, not really knowing if, if it is a must. Would you yeah. agree? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to dissect this into two basic parts. We're going to talk about protein and protein. How much, you know, do you need to consume protein right after the workout? How much protein should you be consuming? And then we're going to talk about this in terms of carbohydrates. We're not talking about fats because fat, fats really aren't important for pre or post-workout. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something to eat for, for a macronutrient. Uh, agreed? Agreed, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want to just eat an entire, like, you know, three avocados and then go try to work out because that, from a GI distress, that's pretty high. <laughs> but we're assuming people are not doing that. Uh, so as far as recovery and, and performance-wise, I think that's mm-hmm. that's really what our goal is today. And it's not an anti-fat thing, to be clear. Because uh, you, you consume all, most of your calories from fat, correct? Um, not so much anymore. No? But, I, but okay. I have practiced that protocol. I mean, I think I'm more close to a balanced diet at this point, or like a 30, 40, 30. But I have, I mean, I've been on the far end of the spectrum as far as ketogenic diet to yeah. just high fat to high carb. So I like to play around. I'm similar to you. I, my calories are mostly balanced. I, I I mean, what's, you know, 30, what's 35%, what's 40%. I, you know, yeah. I, I think that can change on a day, but I c- consume nearly equal amounts of all three major food macronutrients. So, um, you know, this is not uh, that saying that is just science. It's performance, nutrition. It's not anything to do with uh, an anti-fat agenda. I'm going to start this off, and then Kyle is going to go into more detail, uh, especially when it comes to carbohydrates. Do we need to consume protein within a certain window, often referred to as 30 minutes, uh, a certain anabolic window after the workout? Now, there's two main studies I'm going to basically take information from. And one of them is a study, uh, the, uh, the lead author's name is Helms, H-E-L-M-S. The study was published in 2014, and the study is called a, a Systematic Review of Dietary Protein During Calorie Restriction and Resistance Trained Lean Athletes. There's another study, another review, and that's from Schoenfeld, Brad Schoenfeld, and the the study was published in 2013, and it is the effect of protein timing on muscle strength and hypertrophy, a meta-analysis. And a meta-analysis is a, it's when you combine all the results of, of a bunch of studies and you come up with one mathematic result. Sorry, I just, nothing. I was just thinking of like a meta. It's like it's the, uh, it's, it's the final boss, but... Don't listen to me. Okay. Thank you for that valuable contribution. Yes. <laughs> that was a wasted 10 seconds. Um, so I'm going to start off, and then uh, once you get yourself together and, and come up with constructive <laughs> thoughts, you're welcome to talk, Kyle. Thanks. <laughs> Does post-workout work, work uh, pro, uh, post-workout protein work? Sure you you know, words, words don't work for me there. Let's just make no sense for the next We're 30 done. minutes. <laughs> Does post-workout protein matter? Is there an anabolic window? My answer is maybe, but I'm going to mostly side with no. And this comes from the, especially the Schoenfeld study of 2013. In most cases, does it matter that you consume protein right after the workout? The answer is no in most cases. The caveat is do you consume enough protein overall? And this was the major thing of the Schoenfeld study, is is it didn't matter if people consume protein right after the workout. For in most studies, 
and that is it doesn't and this is in terms of muscle growth muscle hypertrophy it doesn't matter in most cases if you consume protein right after so you don't need to leave your workout and run home or kick, have a shake right after if you eat dinner two hours later or breakfast two hours later or lunch two hours later you're not gonna gain less muscle as a result Interesting, because I've been like finishing my last rip on squat yeah. and just dropping the bar on the ground and then drinking a shake. Like you don't even put the weights back, right? I don't. No, I just uh, like the, as the bar is like about midway down, I mm-hmm. already have the shaker open and I'm consuming it. Yeah, yeah. And like just, you don't need to stop holding under the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the crappy and <laughs> the crappy part about the story is that I work out in my own garage, so I still have to pick up the weights. That's that sucks. I know. Yeah, I didn't think that through. I thought you were married now. You can't ask your wife just to do that for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's not happening. Yeah, we're going to move on. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> Getting back on point, this is mostly the fact of that you need to consume protein after your workout, right after, is mostly a bro science thing. Agreed, yeah, absolutely. Um, what what in, in the studies show where it does matter is in and this is for Kyle's going to get into more into details about about specific populations, but I'm saying for most of us who are just looking to look good, who want to gain some muscle, gain ten pounds of muscle, you know, want to be we're, we're we're recreational lifters who want to look good, who want to be muscular or gain some muscle or or quote unquote be jacked, it doesn't matter. Correct. The cases when it does matter is when you don't consume enough protein overall. And and research shows that basically we're supposed to be consuming a certain amount of protein per day. That we're supposed to hit a minimal threshold. And that will help us maintain muscle or, or build muscle and, and, and then we're good. But beyond that point, it doesn't matter. It, you know, if we're eating, um, if we're eating one, one and a half grams per pound of body weight or three and a half grams per day, after a certain point, doesn't matter. So if you're consuming three enough, three and a half grams a day. What's that? Three and a half grams per pound a day. Okay. I was like, per pound per day. After a certain threshold, minimal threshold, doesn't matter. So what is that threshold? Research basically shows, and Cal, feel free to disagree if you've seen this in different, you know, different numbers in different studies. Research basically shows that to maximize the amount of muscle you have for all of us recreational lifters, we want to consume at least. 0.8 grams per pound of body weight per day. At least 0.8 grams per pound of body weight per day. What this means in terms of numbers. If you're 150 pounds, it means if you're 150 pounds, it means you want to eat at least 120 grams of protein per day. So 120 grams if you're 150 pounds. If you're 200 pounds, you want to consume at least 160 grams per day. Now, beyond this point, it's not going to make much of a difference. And beyond this point, it means you're eating enough protein and it doesn't make a difference if you eat protein right after your workout or two hours later. So that's according to the studies on this. It doesn't matter as long as you consume enough overall protein. That is the bigger factor to your muscle growth from strength training. Is Are you consuming enough throughout the day? If, it, if you are, it doesn't matter when you're eating that protein. Now, if you are if you are in a calorie restriction phase, there are some some groups that should be eating more protein. 
if you're in a calorie restriction phase, so you are eating, you know, less calories than you should, you know, mostly that you're, you're probably trying, I'm guessing you're trying, you're aiming to lose weight. To maintain your muscle mass, you have to eat more protein. And the minimum increases from 0.8 grams per pound of body weight per day to at least 1.1 grams per pound of body weight per day. In terms of body weight numbers, if you're 150 pounds and you're, you're eating very few calories, you're trying to lose weight, your minimum increases from 120 to 165 grams at a minimum, minimum per day. And if you're 200 pounds, it means that you want to eat a minimum of at least 220 grams per day. So again, if you're just maintaining your muscle mass, 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. If you're looking to lose weight, it's 1.1 gram, uh, grams per pound of body weight. And one other thing I'll just add before I, Kyle, you're going to go more in depth. Uh, older adults, and this is roughly 60, 65 plus they actually should be eating more uh, protein as well. They don't they don't process protein as efficiently, so therefore they don't they don't use their amino acids as well uh, as efficiently. They need to eat more, and it's shown that older adults who eat more protein, uh, and this especially goes for those of you who are personal trainers to older adults. They should be eating more protein. They need to. They not only are more likely to lose muscle, but they it is shown in research that if they're eating more protein they're much more likely to maintain their physical function with older age. So they're less likely to struggle with things like getting out of a chair, mm -hmm. walking upstairs. There's not a specific number, but I would say the same weight loss recommendation, that's kind of a good ballpark, that 1.1 grams per pound of body weight. So if you work with an older adult who's 150 pounds, that person might want to eat about 165 grams of protein per day. If you work with an older adult who's 200 pounds, they probably should be consuming about 220 grams per pound of body weight per, uh, per day to make sure that they're maintaining their muscle, they're absorbing enough amino acids and protein from what they're eating, and that they maintain their physical function. Now, Kyle, you have, you know, for the non-general public, for more specific populations, yes. I think there's more you want to add to this. Yes. So, so I actually want to add a little bit more on the, uh, the older adults Please. as far as, like, sources that I've seen – um, I had to, had to calculate, I had to use a calculator on this. Actually, while you were going through the point, uh, like the 0.8 grams per pound, I was like, oh yeah, well, I should, I should, uh, add in like, you know, per kilogram. And I'm like, nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> Plus I, I worry throwing so, out too many numbers. We're going to confuse people. 0.76 carry the one, um, and you get X anyway. Uh, older adults, I've seen uh, upwards of age, like 65, I keep mine as like 55 to 65 range, anywhere from about. 1 point or up to 1.27 grams per pound which say is it again up to 1.27 grams per pound 1.27 yes now that's older older adults mm -hmm. older older adults um you know and that's i'm not saying that's the standard that's just what some research has shown um can i interject uh, 1.27 by the way for a an older adult who's 150 pounds we're looking at 190 grams or more per day. Perfect. Perfect. Um, <clears throat> now, as far as like other populations, uh, in, let's just start with hypertrophy because that, that seems to be what more people care about. Let's, let's get jacked and tan, right? Um, <laughs> but th there is a sub subculture of bodybuilders and you know more elite hypertrophy athletes. 
that would actually care about post-workout protein and even post-workout carbohydrates, but we'll, we'll talk about carbs here in a minute. Um, so with hypertrophy adults, uh, we're, we're looking, and keep in mind, this is someone who's looking to get their pro card, you know, their, their life, you're, you're talking probably minimum six hypertrophy workouts in a week. So these are not the recreational people who no. want to look good on the beach or who, go, who are average, looking to gain 10 pounds of muscle. No, this is not your average personal training client. The, these are more, these are competitors. Okay. Right? So, so we, we can, you know, call them elite athletes, call them not elite athletes. It doesn't really matter because there seems to be some discrepancy whether hypertrophy is athletic or not. Um, that's a, that's a whole nother interesting topic in itself. But the point is, right, the people that are really trying to make, get their pro card, you know, we're thinking, think Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime. We're looking at uh, consuming, you know, at least minimum for protein, 20 to 25 grams uh, after the workout. We want, we want that to be high-quality proteins. What that means is like anywhere from 8.5 to 10 grams of essential amino acids, not just branched-chain amino acids, essential amino acids, which includes branched-chain amino acids, um, and 2 to 3 grams of leucine. Now, we want to consume that immediately after to be more accurate as far as how much should one person consume or that person consume, because we have different sizes from Arnold to, uh, you know, Lance Armstrong or who, not that Lance Armstrong is a hypertrophy athlete, but <laughs> let's pretend he was. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're looking at 0.2 grams to 0.5 grams per kilogram. Sorry, I didn't convert into pounds. Divide that by 2.2. Um, 0.2? 0.2 grams uh-huh. to 0.5 grams. Uh, per kilogram per meal. Now this should be consumed every three to four hours. So you've, you've probably heard dietary, like, you know, eat every three to four hours, stoked metabolic fire, bro. Uh, kinda. I mean, technically, cause if we, when we define metabolism, right, the chemical reaction of breaking stuff down, that's kind of metabolism, uh, or that contributes to it, but it's not fat metabolism. So sure. You're stoking the metabolic fire if you want to look at it that way. Um, but you know, the three to four hours isn't really good for our, or doesn't make a difference for our average. I'm going to go work out four or five days a week to just look good and be healthy. These are again, elite athletes for hypertrophy. We would want to consume that every three to four hours to keep us in a positive, uh, what's called a nitrogen balance, but we'll just call it positive protein balance. Let's just keep it simple there. Um, that would be ideal for someone looking every for hypertrophy. Every three to four hours. And every for three to four serious, hours. a serious yeah. a, a hypertrophy athlete. Arnold who's looking going to for be... number eight on the Olympia. Gotcha. <laughs> and this is like, people were looking to compete. This is not someone who's looking to look good. And it's not, it's not the recreational hypertrophy person. Um, in reality, like, in this kind of from hypertrophy to even all types of athletic performance, mm. I would say it depends on the demand and the tissue damage that you, I guess, elicit on your body. Like, what are you doing? Like, if you're if you're running three days a week, we don't really care so much about having protein immediately after. But if you're an elite endurance athlete, we do care about a post-workout. So Lance Armstrong, um, you know, he's somebody that we would want to have one, sorry, I have everything in metric in my head, 1.6 grams per kg. So yeah calculator over here we'll get that for you guys um <laughs> 1.6 grams per, per kg but uh and that's total in a day but the post-workout is the same that we said the 0.2 to 0.5 grams per kilogram per meal 
And this is for who? What group? Endurance um, athletes? Elite endurance athletes. Elite endurance athletes. So this is uh, that's uh, point. Essentially, it's it, well, it's point seven three grams per per pound of body weight per day. Point seven three. Um, so it's essentially three quarters. So if you weigh if you weigh two hundred pounds, um, that would be one hundred and fifty grams per day. Now I will say this for for weightlifting. Yeah. Um, these are we can say competitive weightlifters, not you wouldn't do some bicep curls and squat rack weightlifters, but or resistance bands for our shout out to Justin <laughs> Harper. Um, but like actual weightlifting, uh, you know, Olympic weightlifters, powerlifters, you would want to consume protein in and well not in but around your workout. So when the general recommendation about twenty to seventy grams, um, you know. Either both, well, how do I say this? Combining pre-workout and post-workout protein should be 20 to 70 grams. Does that make sense? So this is before, during, and or after, you said? Yeah, probably not during, but before Before and and after. after. This is for Olympic weightlifters and... Powerlifters, anybody. Yeah, I mean, that kind of sums it up for the most part. Um, Yeah, so elite athletic weightlifting individuals. And then their protein requirements per day, you know, 1.5 to 2 grams per kg. So that, um, what's that come out to be? Point. Uh, let's see. So that is, so essentially you're saying um, point, point uh, that's it's like point six point, eight to point. Essentially 0.7 grams per pound or, or more. Yeah, it's about 0.9 grams per pound. Yeah, so starting minimum at 0.7 grams per pound. Um, yeah. And then, uh, other groups, is there, are there more, uh, um, specific populations? There is foot. I, I did find some stuff on football, like okay. American football, <laughs> real football. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there's not really good recommendations or good, good research on post-workout, mm-hmm. but the typical going, I guess, recommendation or what you see common is about 25 grams post-workout and again this is high quality uh protein so we're not getting this from no offense to rice protein or pea protein um well i guess pea protein's okay but like rice protein we want something that's got a lot more leucine in it uh such as um a whey protein or an egg protein okay you can't think of another thing that comes to mind whey protein uh egg protein is there another thing that comes Um, to mind for people looking for more options i'm drawing a blank Okay. I know there's one on the tip of my tongue, but I can't. Casein? Yeah, but there's something else I was thinking of. We'll make another podcast. Okay. <laughs> okay, I forgot. Um, now, do you, do you want to – is there more that you want to talk about in terms of protein? I don't think so. I think we're good. The other part of this is people consume carbohydrates after workout. Does does it, it does it is it important, Kyle, that someone consumes carbs just before or after workout? And if so, why? Uh, yes. Yeah. So in general, what we've seen when we combine carbohydrates and protein is that you increase protein synthesis or or building of protein or the anabolic state or however you want to describe it. Um, now for the average individual, like you just go in the gym, like we've been saying, like the majority of us consuming post-workout carbs and protein within 24 hours 
is really what you need. Now, I'm not saying fast for 23 hours and 30 minutes because you're <laughs> going to be very angry, but this is just what's been shown in research. So for the average individual, it's not a big concern post-workout. Now, going into hypertrophy, again, Arnold Schwarzenegger here. Are you saying the, the average uh, gym person, or now you're, are you saying like the very competitive bodybuilder here? Now I'm saying competitive. Okay. So competitive uh, bodybuilder. And I'm not saying none of our, our, our listeners are or not, should I say, because maybe you are, I don't know. Um, but this is when it becomes important to actually consume high glycemic carbohydrates. This is going to help uh, reduce the proteolysis, which is the breakdown of protein or breakdown of that skeletal muscle. So we want to consume the high glycemic carbohydrate with that, uh, that protein recommendation as well. Again, Arnold Schwarzenegger, not Jim, the guy who works out three days a week. Sorry, Jim. To be clear, serious bodybuilder, it matters, protein soon after, but for the uh, like the average person consuming carbohydrates after a workout, maybe the average person is looking to gain muscle strength. Mm-hmm. It's not as important that they consume carbohydrates right after the workout in a certain window. Correct, correct. Um, and in in fact, this this is more stemming. So this you might be able to apply this. I haven't seen anything to substantiate or to confirm this, but um, with endurance runners, thirty, you know. Anything under two hours, probably about an hour worth of running, um, you can wait up to two hours before consuming carbohydrates and protein. After the workout. After, After the, the workout, events, yeah. Yeah. So, and this is just, you know, you're going out on a nice five-mile run or, or whatever you do. Um, now, the elite, um, elite runners, you would be more concerned with actual consuming carbohydrates. How much, um, if when people consume carbohydrates following a workout, whenever it might be, do you have a certain recommendation in terms of how much they should be consuming? Yes. <laughs> kilograms. <laughs> 1 to 1.85 kilograms. Grams per kilograms, not kilograms. Don't consume <laughs> a kilogram of carbohydrates. <laughs> you said 1 to 1.8? 1, 1, 1 to 1.85, 1 to 1.8, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, so basically means uh, I just did the, the math. Uh, we're looking at... It, 0.45 grams yeah, of carbs. This is the minimum. Minimum. 0.45 uh, grams of carbs per pound of body weight. Per hour. Sorry, I forgot to add that on there. Per hour. Now, that can that can last up. It depends on, and this is where it gets a little hairy because you're not able to really measure how much glycogen depletion you've had and, and all this wonderful stuff. But uh, no more than, I would say, two to three hours of this, of the 1 to 1.85 grams per okay, kilogram. Okay, because we're looking at a lot. I mean, a 150-pound person, we're looking at <laughs> 68 grams of carbs per hour. Right, for the next 72 hours. Okay. No, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's, there's diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> um, not that much, but, uh, you know, make sure you're not exceeding that 1 to 1.85 in per hour within that probably first Two to three hours. Okay, so and they should that, be consuming. Should be fine. And this is for for people who are competitive athletes. Mm-hmm. They should be consuming a lot of carbs in the first two to three hours after. But then Correct. after that point, they don't need to cons- continue with the. Correct. Just go back to whatever your diet. Whatever your normal. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, competitive athletes, right after, consume a lot for two to three hours. After that point, go back to normal diet. Yes. So th- there is one, one uh, I guess, uh, stipulation I want to put on, on the individual who, who is working out. You did your five 
10 mile or whatever mile run. It's under under 90 minutes or so. Um, if you don't have, if you're going to work out within 24 hours before that, again, so maybe you do two a days or something like that, then you would want to consume carbohydrates immediately after. But if you have more than 24 hours to recover, then you don't have to consume it within a two-hour window at all. We, we've been talking about post-workout, post-workout carbohydrates. Yes, correct. What about pre-workout? Is it important that someone going into either an athletic competition or as a standard strength training workout, hypertrophy workout, is it important that either or both of those groups consume carbs before the workout? So, yes. Yes. So, and again, this has to be longer duration, two hours plus. So if you're talking, you're going to go for a nice 30 minute jog. You don't need a carb load for that. That's kind of, it's pointless. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Um, If you have a race, uh, you you may want to consider carb loading. Again, a longer race, not a 5k. You don't necessarily need a carb load for that. Um, That's not going to take you very long to do. So we're talking about like a 10k plus? Um, 10k or, plus or the, maybe, uh, yeah. I mean, maybe 10k is too short. 10k is on 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 the maybe side. So a half, uh, maybe a, maybe a half marathon, ten mile, yeah. a half marathon. We'll say half marathon plus triathlon, things like that. Okay. You would want to carb load. Uh, you would you would. Well, there's there's pre carb or there's carb loading protocols that last a week that you can use, and there's also the pre uh, pre competition pre carbohydrate meal. Now. Here's, and this is something just to consider before you start, you know, following one specific protocol or anything of the sort, but there are a lot of different factors that, that need to be taken into consideration, such as the temperature, the humidity, um, you know, the, the pre-competition or pre-race, uh, pre-workout anxiety. Uh, so I, perfect example for me, I know the, the CrossFit Open, the last uh, 19.5 that I did, um, I know I had a lot of anxiety. Now I didn't carb load for 19.5 because it was just 20 minutes of awful and then you're done. <laughs> but you know, I, I understand that anxiety is going to play a role into that. Um, now, anyway, so the whole idea of, of consuming carbohydrates before a workout, like in a, in a pre-workout meal or pre-competition meal is to one increase. So hopefully you're drinking with this. You're not just eating dry oats or something, um, but to increase fluid and glucose, uh, or balances. There we go. Levels in the body. I was mm-hmm. like, lost, lost my words there for a second. <laughs> um, and then of course, you know, decrease like the, the, maybe your hunger pangs that you may get, uh, throughout the workout. So that's the kind of general, general look. Now there, there was a study done. I didn't write down the year, honestly, I forget, but essentially they had, um, they took these, these, uh, you know, Endurance-trained athletes, uh, I don't remember exactly what they define as endurance-trained athletes, and they did time to exhaustion uh, at 70% of the VO2 max. So time to exhaustion, 70% of VO2 max. Uh, one consumed a high-carb meal with a carb and electrolyte drink, like Gatorade or something like that, during exercise. Um, <clears throat> the, the, the meal was consumed three hours prior. There was a high-carb meal um, with water during the exercise, and then there was a placebo, which I guess tasted just like the high carb pre meal. Okay. Yeah, it, it was kind of interesting. Um, that was very low calorie, and then they consumed water. So what they saw, the the uh, high carb meal and water group showed a nine percent increase time to exhaustion over the placebo group. Interesting. The, 
high carb meal and, and carb drink slash electrolyte, 22% increase over the placebo. Ah. So if you're wondering if this, is this going to help with your performance? The, the answer is yes. At two, I mean, I don't know what the time was, time to exhaustion, but two hours plus. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, again, for shorter durations, like, um, you know, your CrossFit wad, probably not. Now there are some people, and this is not recommended, who do their high intensity interval training for sixty minutes, uh, you know, maybe even ninety minutes, uh. which I believe, if I recall, somewhere around like forty five minutes is the max that you want to go because that starts affecting the, the telomere length on on your DNA. Which um, is why, why is that detrimental? That is indicated of basically longevity or DNA health. And um, and so essentially, it's it's a sign, it's a negative sign for your longevity, your long term health. Correct. Correct. And if I'm correct, I, I've also I believe seen. There is a connection with people who do roughly 50 plus minute uh, workouts regularly, uh, specifically, I think it's, it's high intensity, and cortisol levels, which yes, is a stress good, hormone. Good, so good. Yes. if you're consistently doing 50 plus minute um, high intensity workouts, uh, you're going to have high stress levels, abnormally high stress levels, uh, uh, according to cortisol, um, at least measured by cortisol. So there's one more thing I want to say about the pre-workout meal. Yes. Is how close to your workout are you actually eating? Because you don't want to consume a nice, you know, I don't know, bag of Skittles or two bags of Skittles, and then let's go run for uh, you know a few hours. That's um, that's not going to work out too well. Cause that's going to provide a lot of GI distress. Uh, so you're not going to be feeling too hot. So if we're talking something like four hours before, we're looking one to four. Here's a metric system again, one to four grams per kilogram. And if we're in that four, if we're four hours before, we also want to consume a little bit of protein. So about a quarter gram per kilogram. So not a lot of protein, but a little protein. So again, one, one gram per kilogram, if you want to think about this in pounds, it's basically 0.45 grams per pound of body weight so it's essentially a little it's, a, it's about half so if you weigh 150 pounds somewhere between the one to four hours before you want to consume 75 grams of carbohydrates if you're 200 pounds you want to consume roughly 100 grams of carbohydrates one to four hours before the the two plus hour event uh, one to four grams per kilogram so it'd be what well, that would be yeah up so, to uh, it'd be four hours or more Four hours or more yeah. before. Correct. Okay, okay, my bad. So four hours or more before you, you consume, is it's 0.45 grams per pound up to 1.8 grams per pound. Yeah. Now, if we're talking, and then also a quarter gram per kilogram of protein. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're two hours prior, you're looking at just one gram per kilogram, so 0.45 grams a pound and no protein. Okay. Um, <clears throat> one thing I also want to mention is prehydration. I think a lot of people skip and in, in forget this as far as exercise because we, I don't know that people understand just how important water is in, in, in the human body aside from just, well, I know I need to drink because I don't want to be dehydrated. But for long events, uh, you want to prehydrate. So if we're, if we're looking at uh, you know, a few hours before, about four hours before, uh, you're looking, here's some, more, here's some more metric for you, five to seven milliliters per kilogram of water or a sports drink. Within two hours, we want to consume three to five. Now, it goes down once we get closer because we don't want a lot of fluid sitting in our stomach. 
Uh, and we want to make sure, well, aside from just sitting in the stomach, if it's still there, we also want to be able to distribute to the tissues. So we don't want to overconsume. Now, if this, again, is strenuous, two hours of exercise, we're, we're running that half marathon. Yes. I did a half marathon uh, about a month or two ago in, in Orlando. Um, that is something that I would want to load, you know, prehydrate, carbohydrate load, all that wonderful stuff. Um, <clears throat> But if we're talking CrossFit wad, you know, just make sure you're consuming water throughout the day. If you're talking just going to the gym, doing your hypertrophy training. 5K. Yeah. Make sure you just, you're consuming enough water, uh, you know, throughout the day. Now we've, we share a lot of information (laughs) over the last roughly 25 minutes of this, 25, 30 minutes of this podcast. I want to give the people, I want to give the person, the people listening, some takeaways and just kind of summarize the key points in, in, in a few. So I'm going to make some, Kyle, feel free to give uh, your top few takeaways. Uh, mainly, if you're wondering what to take, uh, my main point is for those of you who are not serious athletes, but you're, you know, you're serious about your workouts, but you're not necessarily, you're not competing, you're not an athlete, you're a regular person who's working out. Does post-workout protein matter? And it's no, as long as you're consuming enough protein throughout the day. Protein throughout the day, your total amount over the day, is more important than simply consuming protein right after the workout. And if you are, if you're wondering how much protein you should be consuming in general to maintain or to maximize your muscle mass, uh, basically you want to get at least. 0.8 grams per pound of body weight, at least 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. So you can go over that, but at least hit that threshold. If you're looking to lose weight or for older adults, uh, my recommendation based on, on the two studies I mentioned before are point, one point, at least 1.1 grams per pound of body weight. So for just those of you maintaining your weight, maximize your muscle mass at your current body weight, or maintaining your muscle mass, 0.8 grams per pound of body weight uh, per pound of body weight per day. For people looking to lose weight, and for older adults, 1.1 grams per pound of body weight. So again, you can just take a calculator, put in your weight, and then hit that times whatever 0.8 or 1.1, and that is your minimal target for the amount of protein you eat per day. Kyle, what are your, your, you know, two or three takeaways from this? Let's see. Uh, you, did, you, did you just mention weight loss? Yes. Okay. I was like, I was going to mention that, but you did. Um, so one thing I would say is your protein quality uh, makes a difference. If you're eating lower quality protein and, you know, we see this uh, at Einstein Brothers, uh, they, they mention the amount of protein in their bagel is the same or more than, than an egg. Um, <laughs> congratulations, but it's great. it sucks in it's comparison. Protein. Exactly. So, you know, the, the quality of protein matters. So looking at the essential amino acid content and having enough leucine in the protein, uh, which is about two to three grams mm-hmm. is what you want in your post-workout shake. If, if you're going to do that. Now, I think we should also add, it doesn't matter if you still want to have your post-workout shake, even if you're not one of those elite athletes, because it's not going to make a difference, but it's not going to hurt you necessarily. So Yes. Might as well. Um, so quality protein and the 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 um, the recommendations do change 
if you are that elite athlete, if you are trying to be that that yes. pro bodybuilder, then then we start to really care about how much protein you're consuming and, and how often. So that that would be the the point two to point five grams per kilogram every three to four hours for that hypertrophy athlete. Um, endurance uh, again, if you're an elite endurance athlete, you want that point two to point five grams per kilogram post workout. Uh, carbohydrates. Carb loading doesn't typically matter unless we're talking about two hours plus of endurance exercise. Um, it does increase performance or time to exhaustion, but uh, if you are talking sub, you know, we'll say even sub 90 minutes uh, or, or below 90 minutes, it's not that big of an issue. Um, but if you are above that, consuming, you know, the one, uh, one to four grams per kilogram four hours before or the one gram per kilogram yeah. two hours before is going to be beneficial for you. Now, if you're too close to that, if you're within 30 minutes, you're probably talking about uh, intra-workout carbohydrates. Okay. Um, now, fluids, you want to fluid, you know, prehydrate if you can. That five to seven milligrams per, uh, or sorry, five to seven milliliters per kilogram, uh, four hours out or even three to five uh, per kilogram, two hours out. Beautiful. Hopefully that wasn't too much. <laughs> We're gonna. I want to wrap this up by just uh, saying first of all, thank you again to Kyle Willard yes, for suggesting you. this. And this invite goes to all of you who are listening. If you have topics you want to hear about, you want Kyle and I maybe we, to talk about, and if it's something we don't know about, we'll bring on someone who does, and we'll we'll ask that person about the topic. Please feel free to make make a suggestion. Feel free to leave a comment on one of our Instagram pages. Or on on the at bu fit fam account on Instagram. Also, I want to say thank you to our producer Dakota Jones. Dakota Jones. Thank you, Dakota, for as always for helping to set this up and to to uh, produce everything that goes into producing this podcast. We wish all of you a great day, and we thank you for listening. Thank you. Have a good day.